0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Vegan Skater podcast with Geronimo. Um, it's been a while, so um, decided to make something. Uh, my birthday passed, and uh, been skating more, been working, walking my dogs, doing what I can to kind of uh, not go too crazy uh, with the whole COVID. And uh, I'm actually in the Davis area so i am pretty close to the napa fairfield vacaville fires um so there's a lot of smoke in the air uh that's what i've had to been that's what i've been dealing with for the last you know week since the fires uh started out here uh reportedly by lightning that happened last weekend so um it's pretty bad the smoke is in the air like you can smell the smoke, like it smells like you're at a campfire or that you're like burning wood, you know, in the woods, uh, because the woods are burning. Uh, so it's just smells like smoke and it looks like smoke. The The sun is red. Um, you can see cloud patterns here and there on clear days, but like for the most part, it's, uh, it's gloomy with like smoke, uh, to ground level, you know, literally to ground level, you, you see ash, um, all over the floor. What, you know, as soon as you step out of your apartment or house on your way to your car, you're gonna, you're gonna see ash on your car, on the ground, on the sidewalks, you know, in the grass, um, on your plants, if you have plants outside, um, literally on anything and everything that's outside. If you're near this area, there is ash all over it. Um, so yeah, trying to try and avoid that. I don't do that too much. I mean, I don't wear my mask outside, which I should be, uh, being that there's smoke in there, but, uh, you know, I'm kind of just, I forget and really don't really think about it just because it's just, you know, another stressor to just worry about carrying your mask. And if your hands are dirty and this and that, or clean or whatever, um, You know, I have dogs that have to pick up their poop. So, it's uh, it's a little different now with the way things are. Uh, It's kind of mainly why I haven't really been making the episodes um, lately. Just, too, because my, you know, uh, pinky's gotten a little better. I initially started doing the podcast because I literally had nothing to do with my pinky being broken. Um, I just was too fearful of skating and be doing anything i mean i literally could not lift a lot with my right hand uh because it's my right pinky um so once that happened i kind of had to like do something or talk or keep my mind on something that i like to talk about and literally it's always the same thing it's skateboarding it's cars it's comics I mean, it's CCS. (laughs) Cars, comics, and skateboarding. So CCS stole that from me. Um, So, yeah, I don't talk too much about comics on here um, just because I really don't know what to really talk about or how to talk about it. You know, it's, uh, it's literally me by myself in my kitchen or, you know, kitchen table in the living room with my dogs here sleeping uh, during the day. Uh, Normally I'd be recording these overnight. Uh, The first, let's say the first seven or eight that I did, um, I was starting them about one in the morning, recording everything I wanted to record and talk about whatever I wanted to talk about. And then, you know, upload it to Spotify. And then once it was uploaded to Spotify then i would go to sleep and that was taking me like three to four hours the first couple times it was it was a long time just because really didn't know what i was doing um i've never used any like um you know software where you edit voice um for a podcast or anything like that or just even editing and in general i've always had a thing for it where i like it but i've never done it so Um, I really like to, would like to edit films and skate videos and stuff like that. Um, but I just don't have the software or the hardware for it. I have the passion, but I don't have the tools. So, um, it's always been that way. Uh, so I kind of just let other people do that for me that have the tools, uh, just simply because I don't have the tools. Uh, This laptop that I'm using is probably like eight years old, old Asus. The only thing that's new is this podcast mic and boom setup, Um, but I'm pretty sure this model's been around for a long time. It just came in a box and everything was new, so it's about the newest thing um, that I have. And I'm kind of liking it. You know, I'm liking the mic. I've always wanted to talk about stuff. I always talk about stuff. I think that's why people get annoyed with me is because I'm always talking about stuff. And people don't really like to talk about other stuff or whatever the conversation is about. So I just kind of, you know, talk to myself in my head uh, about stuff that I like. So I just talk to myself most of the time. So I find the podcast thing kind of helpful because I can talk and there's going to be maybe one person at the other end listening to what I'm saying about whatever I'm talking about. And so just that alone just kind of uh, quiets my brain down a little bit. You know, I don't have all this like noise or I have to constantly talk about something to kind of uh, it's kind of been a good outlet i just haven't been recording lately um just again a lot because of you know skateboarding more um my birthday passed uh you know covid i should be doing these a lot more um but they do get draining because of the way i was doing them i was doing them all overnight and that was getting draining um But that's when I wasn't working and my pinky was broken. And now that I'm working, I can't do the overnights where it's completely quiet in the apartment. So I'm trying to do these on my days off when I'm not working or skating. So this is not going to be good because this means that I'm going to have to do it on a day that I am off, which I usually skate and I usually go skate in the morning and then I'm back in Davis by like 1.00 depending on how hot it is or day and time and all that stuff. So lately I've been back home by like 1, one thirty, because it gets hot. Past past 2 in Sacramento just gets ridiculously hot. So um, I'll be, I should be recording them after I go skate because then I'm a little bit more clear-headed. I've done what I wanted to do. I've skateboarded and I wasn't thinking about anything during skateboarding. Um, other than being there and skateboarding and doing whatever tricks that i'm doing you know being in the moment um so i sh- should probably i'm probably gonna start changing my routine and recording more um on my days off after i skate because um, i always feel like doing something after i skate and i don't know what t- what it is and i guess this is gonna be it because i'll usually come home and you know eat and then watch skate videos or watch movies or watch shows or stuff like that you know just kind of keep my mind busy have to hear people talk or like i said my mind's always going i just could talk all day (laughs) i guess for some people that's annoying so and it makes sense my brother has adhd um but i never really like suffered from it when i was younger um just because i was always very active and i knew i had to keep myself active to kind of get through school and focus and just kind of get through life um so like i learned everything i learned everything i could i learned uh how to play soccer like really good i learned how to play soccer with my cousins that are from mexico in mexico And so I learned soccer uh, playing in the streets of Mexico. So I'm good with the ball. I really wanted to be a soccer player, like a professional soccer player when I was younger. Um, But then I went back to skateboarding. Uh, I know how to play basketball because I am tall and (laughs) 6'3". So then my cousin that was older than me in Mexico, um, during the Michael Jordan era, Uh, became obsessed with basketball literally he shifted like overnight it went from playing soccer playing football in the streets of mexico juarez to being wanting to be a basketball player in mexico (laughs) so i remember my cousin juan telling me one day i'm not playing soccer no more and it literally crushed my heart it crushed me inside because i always thought again you're my cousin man i'm gonna be like with you forever we're gonna play soccer forever and it wasn't the case he like literally overnight one week and i come and see him and i'm like uh juan why are you now in spanish um i i speak spanish so i'm translating in english i'm not gonna say it in spanish but i'm i speak to my cousin in spanish like completely full spanish So I asked Juan, I'm like, Juan, what are you doing, dude? Like, uh, you are not wearing any soccer stuff anymore. You don't even have a soccer ball or soccer, like, jerseys, and you quit soccer. (laughs) He quit soccer. Like, he literally quit soccer to play basketball in in front of his house where he was playing soccer. I mean, basketball. So, like, he played basketball in the same streets that he played soccer and with his friends. And all his friends kind of, they all did the shift, too. And I could see why. Um... If you don't know like if you don't if you're not active or an athlete or have a mentality of something like physical that you like to do you will never understand what Michael Jordan did to to basketball itself. Okay? And uh, and I'm telling you this because I was super young in the 90s and Michael Jordan was everything i mean everything was michael jordan he was in commercials he was sponsored by like 50 different companies he had his own shoe he played in the nba he was i mean all you had to say was mj and be clear on which mj you were talking about because it was either michael jackson or michael jordan you know uh it literally was The most powerful thing I will ever remember from the 90s besides soccer, you know, Hall of Fame stuff and anything else that was kind of happening in the 90s. Like Michael Jordan was like everything that everybody talked about every day. It was on the news every day. Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. So he became obsessed with Michael Jordan, my cousin Juan. And then uh, me living in New Mexico in the United States, I mean, I'm seeing Michael Jordan day in and day out on TV all the time. And so then I got obsessed with Michael Jordan and playing basketball. So then I started playing basketball with my cousins and my cousin Juan was six years older than me. So I was tall, but I wasn't older. So I was almost as tall as him or getting to be close to his height. I mean I was as tall as some of his friends so they would let me play basketball with them and so then I learned how to play basketball with guys that were 5 6 years older than me that knew how to play the game and were perfecting the game that they wanted to learn you know going from playing soccer to playing basketball um it's different you're playing you're you're playing with your feet with the soccer ball and then now you go From changing that to changing the ball in your hand. So you have to learn eye coordination. And you have to learn the balance on your hands versus the balance on your feet. So I learned how to play basketball with guys older than me. And so then when I would play basketball in my elementary, I would be whipping these kids. Besides the fact that I was like taller (laughs) than most kids. I mean, no one had shots like I did. I could be doing three... Point shots all day, free throws, three pointers. I could be dribbling the ball up to the court. And so I was teaching these kids my age how to play basketball like older guys. And so it got really interesting. Like literally, like I remember my elementary school, like kind of shifting a little bit with like people kind of seeing me on the court and kinda always like they'd come up and challenge me. Like I was always getting challenged. I'm like, okay, I accept your challenge. I'm going to whip that ass, though, you know? So I got good at basketball. And then, you know, Michael Jordan was everywhere, so I became obsessed with Michael Jordan. You know, I learned who he was as I got older. I figured out how he thought and what he, what he you know, how he saw the game. And it was no different than how I saw it, you know, the passion that I had for soccer, um or skateboarding, it was the same exact thing. Like Michael Jordan, cannot uh, he? Just nobody can understand him besides people that have the passion for what they do, or or a craft, or some form of sport. And a lot of skateboarders skateboarders have that passion just because you are always on the board, and you you share this moment with something else, and so you. I feel like you create this. You know, this attachment and you get really into it. And that's how Michael Jordan was with the ball. Like he grew attached to that ball. There was nowhere where he wasn't going to put the ball, where he did not know where the ball was going. Like that's how good Michael Jordan was. He could make a shot, he could do a layup, he could do something that you never in your mind even thought was possible. Yet you're seeing a man in front of you. Do a do a hoop shot or just throw up a ball in a way that like there's no way it's going in, but because Michael Jordan understood and had the passion for like the ball, he could put it wherever he wanted to, and that's what great athletes do. I mean, Messi is a prime example of that. There is no place on the soccer field where Messi, Leo Messi. Knows or doesn't know where that ball is going when he kicks that ball or dribbles that ball He knows exactly where that ball is supposed to be at the exact moment That's why he can do the things he can do because he knows he understands trajectory and geometry He understands the feeling he understands the speed he's carrying You know, he's fact his mind is factoring all this stuff and that's the same thing That skateboarders do I mean we literally are constantly factoring everything around us, just like how other athletes at the top of their game are constantly absorbing everything around them. And so skateboarding just gives you that same feeling, but different, like you're you're standing on a piece of wood that's rolling. You know, this, this skateboard is like it's rolling down the street with wheels and bearings And you have learned how to pop it and flip it and turn it and catch it and, you know, and and bring it up and lay it down and then balance on the tail or balance on the nose or balance on the board as like a board slide where the rail is literally in between at the halfway point of the board. And that is like the perfect point where you want to be. And when you see pros just lay down tricks that like, hit that spot you just know that spot in your head because they're doing the they're hitting the same spot that you are and so skateboarding kind of transcends that feeling throughout you know generations even like uh, years you know somebody that could be good in their teens will you know understand it and feel the same way that somebody that's in their late 20s or 30s because it's it's the same trick and you learn it the same way and it feels the same way if you do it right and it looks right like it's gonna be the exact same way that somebody else is doing it uh, just because you understand that like in skateboarding like you know everybody's kind of the same there's no difference you know we're doing the same trick just differently somebody else is doing the kickflip their own way. So then you understand that, like, well, the flip that he does looks like that because that's his flip. He's flipping it that way because that's how his body and mind and how it's working for him, that's how that board is going to flip and look and be that way because he is, he is him and he is who he's going to be. And so skateboarding, just like most sports, you know, embrace the diversity. Um, and I think that's what helps people kind of, uh see the bigger picture is when you have more diversity um in your field or in your niche or in your passion like you do get to see the world differently when you look at it through somebody else's eyes or you accept an idea that somebody else shares with you to kind of understand where they're coming from um i i feel that's that's what really gets good um good feedback and opens more people up to understanding, Hey, you know, we, we, we all think differently, but we're all the same. We're all here to, for the same purpose. We all want to live and, you know, be successful and carry on and have kids and have a good life. I mean, there's nobody that doesn't want that. So it's kind of tough with, uh, with what's happening. Um, also this weekend, uh, another, um, black American has been shot his name is Jacob Blake and this happened in Wisconsin uh, I believe on Sunday and so Jacob Blake uh, is a 29 year old who from what the media and like you kind of get like the report saying that the police was called in to uh, to a domestic disturbance call and what the report is saying is that um Jacob was there to kind of break up a fight between two other people and I, I'm gonna say they were women because uh, I think they were women I don't they don't they're not saying too much right now which is really weird and you can't find a lot of details out right now um besides uh today knowing that he is okay and possibly going to be paralyzed from the waist down for being shot seven times in the back uh, by a Wisconsin police officer who they have still not given a name and and that is kind of sketchy in itself because they're going on that there was no body cameras and that they can't rule out what the video shows okay because somebody recorded the whole well, most of the accident up until the point where he got shot in his car door driver's side door with his kids in the back seat that he had with him so the video is kind of graphic i mean it's really graphic um so if you see it just be aware it's pretty graphic but it more or less shows him walking back to his suv um probably Possibly even from arguing with the police about why they're there and why there's so many of them there. And they were um, most likely going to handcuff him and take him. I don't know why. I mean, that looked like the motive from the police. It looked like they wanted to uh, apprehend him because he was there in a domestic uh, disturbance call, which, you know, we, we, we know that those calls are usually when a man is beating a woman, In this case, it wasn't that. In this case, it was two women arguing. And um, brother Jacob was in between trying to, I think, from what it looks like, he was trying to calm down the situation. Now, you don't need seven cops to talk to three people. And you definitely don't need to have your gun out when someone's walking away from you back to their car because they have kids in the car the weapon should not be out i mean there is at no point a threat if somebody's walking away from you there is no threat i don't see where the threat is if somebody's walking away from you with their back towards you how the police officers can have a gun pointed at somebody's back and shoot them and still not be accountable for that and being recorded in today's society. It's 2020. Like this has been happening for hundreds of years. Black people have been getting murdered in the streets. So now that we're seeing it on TV, people are still not swallowing the pill. They don't wanna swallow the pill that it's reality. This has been happening for way too long. And even in the video, if you see the video, you just know that it's not right. At no point should you be a a police officer and be aggressive towards somebody who was walking away from you to their car, grab them, and shoot them in the back seven times. Even if if Jacob turned around to maybe swing at you, like, you're a police officer. You should be ready for anything, and you should be trained, and you shouldn't be a racist. Bottom line, too. Because homeboy that shot him... Homeboy was a white boy. And uh, I mean, they're not releasing his name clearly based on that. He is a white man and he doesn't want to get killed in the streets. You know, justice served, you know, they don't want him to be exposed. But you need to be holding homeboy accountable. If he just shot somebody in the back seven times, I just I don't I don't it just doesn't make any sense to me. You know, I grew up in San Jose in a neighborhood where this was kind of (laughs) common. You know, police would show up, someone may get shot. Uh, That was, you know, that was always a chance in San Jose. In my hood that I grew up with, you know, in San Jose, Seven Trees used to be an old crypt neighborhood. And if the police showed up there, there was a chance someone was either getting shot or getting handcuffed. They weren't coming to talk. I just don't understand where people think that the police, when they get a call to a neighborhood that isn't white, think that the police is coming to talk to you. They don't want to come and talk to someone in a neighborhood that is predominantly black. They come with a motive. When they go to the white neighborhoods, there's no motive. Because... They're, it's not the same. You're not going to a neighborhood that's predominantly white with the same problems that you're going to a neighborhood that may be predominantly black. There's just, it, there's no way that is the same. You have to treat the, the situation differently. I don't know. That's how I think. <laughs> oh, man. It's not good. I, I feel horrible and sad for, for the Blake family. this happens way too often and it's happening still and it's going to continue happening until the police departments start ruling out racist people with motives because it clearly looks like a motivated racist move who shoots somebody else in the back there's like five of you all five of you handcuff him (laughs) you know grow some balls Stop pulling out the weapon and grow some balls and get dirty. You're getting paid to get dirty, not to kill people. You're getting paid to handcuff, handcuff somebody who may or who may have been suspected of doing something wrong. Now, there's no suspicion of something being wrong. There's no reason besides the police off. It's up to the police officer to handcuff them if it's up to them. But if no one's doing anything wrong, there's no reason for a gun to be pulled out. Or for anybody to be handcuffed. I don't understand where the law is not any clearer than that. And if it's not clear like that. Then whoever we know that people that wrote the law wrote them for that reason. Is to keep people in check. Mainly black and Latinos. So there is a problem in the society. And it happens to be the government. As well as the police department. And who they hire. And who they have on the payroll. And how they train them. And who was there before, you know, if you have all these older guys that that are coming from racist Jim Crow eras, then that's going to bleed into the department. You need to have people that are a little bit more progressive or more open minded or even a little bit more conservative than that. I mean, show some compassion for people. You're being paid to protect us, not to kill us. I don't understand where my tax dollars are going to the police department so they can kill people that's not why i pay my taxes (laughs) i pay my taxes so that the police protects me and serves me and other people like me or everybody in general and not kill us when they feel threatened i mean i don't understand especially when you have way more manpower there was way too many officers in that video for Jacob Blake to be shot in the back I mean it takes two people To bring down one person If two people can't bring down one person Homeboys need to Grow some balls Cause apparently they don't wanna Fucking get dirty And to be honest My my father was in the military He'll tell you Or any military person If you have to get dirty you have to get dirty But it better be clean When you're done I don't know what else to say. I'm a military brat. (laughs) That's what some people don't know. So, today the reports are saying Jacob Blake is paralyzed, possibly from the waist down. And that's about all that I've seen today. Besides the protesting and people, you know, um, posting and talking about it and making sure that other people understand that this keeps happening and that it's only going to stop when we all think of each other and respect each other and do not hate each other you know it's it's peace and love literally it's peace and love bob marley wasn't lying it's peace and love that will defeat hate i mean there's no other way if you're not philosophical in that way then i suggest you smoke some weed and, uh, open up the head a little bit. So had to talk about Jake Blake, Jacob Blake, just, it's too, uh, personal. It's, it's just like George Floyd, Brianna Taylor. I mean, the list, the list goes on. There's so many names that I can't can't even remember everybody because it happens so often. Now back to the podcasts so primitive release another video epic video can't say more than another great video uh it's called call waiting and uh it's stuck in my head again like the music the skateboarding um i just i can't get it out of my head <laughs> i listen to it i watch it literally every day since it came out and it came out a day before my birthday and i've probably seen it more than 100 times maybe 200 times It's on replay um, I definitely like it The call waiting Alan Hannon Did another epic Editing he films And edits most of the Footage you see on primitive He is the guy um, First skater David Jekinda now David Jaquinda Was in the encore video He was in a montage and he only had like a two tricks maybe three you know he had a ledge trick in line with like a nollie hard flip and then i think he did the tail slide the heel flip out the fakie i'm going to say it was only those two tricks i didn't go back and check but that's all i remember from him just from memory of who he who he is and what he looks like and so call waiting gave him an intro he is the first skater in the intro and uh he's got really good skating like he's smooth he's he's got the blunts to kick flips out. He's got the nolly hard flips a little bit better. Uh, he's got switch front side flips that are pretty banging. He's got pop he no slits some like high ass ledge that was wood into like a playground of kids but there was no kids um He like he he really got the he's got the moves. And I believe he may be Sweden, Sweden, because this is uh he's from he's an interna- he's an international pro skater or amateur skater, and so he's on the international side of things. He doesn't live here in the states. Uh, and then following him up on the intro, Franky Frankie, Frankie Villanali, uh, man, the dude always has something up his sleeve, like whether it's like a caveman. Or a no slide with like a pop over a ledge. Like sliding on the inside of a ledge in like a plant planter kind of like uh, ledge. And then popping out. Totally gnarly with the drop being like 7 feet on the other side. Totally nuts. Um, we got to see a little bit of some P-Rod in this clip. I mean in this uh, call waiting edit. He does a front smith to fakie. He's wearing black sweats, Nike shoes, and a primitive yellow shirt with the primitive words on it that I want that I can't that I haven't been able to get. Uh, he does a front smith to fakey. And then he does a switch K grind fakie half cap flip out with Miles Silva's pro model, the first pro model. So I'm gonna say the clip is a little old, but Still fucking awesome. I mean, unless, you know, P-Rod's got a good stack, which I wouldn't doubt. He's got a good stack of Miles' first deck model. Um, And then right after P-Rod, it's Miles Silva. He does a Switch 180 over this like, big block cement on the ground and then he frontside flips this big three-stair that I was supposed to go check out with another skater that's pretty damn good. And his name is Matt Beaton. And Matt's, Matt skates for photosynthesis. And so I was supposed to go with him one day and check it out because he was filming that day. And I just, I couldn't, the car that I, I mean, my car just, it needed a tune-up and I was just lagging on it. I just could not make it. I was just it was horrible. It was horrible. I wish I was there. I wish I was there. Um so yeah, then Trent follows up Miles in the call waiting video. Trent does a nose blunt to fakie on a ledge in a line, and then his second trick in the line is a switch heel flip backside 180 nose grind, and it is just it's quick. It's literally like 3 sec, 3 5 sec. It's probably like 5 seconds. 'Cause he goes from one ledge to the other. You know, after he does a nose blunt to fakie, he he, like rides for like a split second or two. Does a switch heel flip back so when he nose grind on a ledge, just epic. Uh Trey Williams pulled a hurricane on some like rail that's like hella long. But it's but it's like a ten stair rail, but it's still super long. And then Carlos Ribero, man, he just always has like good clips. Like literally always good clips. He five O's Like a 14 stair rail, like nothing, you know, it's round, just pops on it. Uh, In the video, he does a nollie flip tail slide to kickflip out to fakie on a, on a ledge. And it just looked insane because the ledge starts off already high. And then on the tail slide where he nollie flips onto the tail slide. And then the ledge just keeps getting a little higher off the ground. And then he tail slide, and then he kick flips out of the tail slide, lands the fakie, and it's like five feet off the ground, and he just he just catches that thing in the air. So nuts! It's just so nuts. And then the uh, OG Tiago Lemos, homie, dude has the pop, switch pop. He switch backside smits a ledge that is probably like four feet high. I mean, everything Tiago Lemos skates is literally almost waist high. If not, it's higher than your knee. If it's not higher than your knee, it's a curb. It's literally a curb to this man. I mean, you just, if you know t- who Tiago Lemos is, you know that he's got pop, he's got tricks, he's got style. He's from Brazil. That's the Brazil man right there. Um, and then they end it with Patrick. Zengraf. Now, he was in the Encore video, too. Uh, I noticed him because he wears the Adidas sweatpants, like black and black, with the Adidas skateboarding shoes. and So I recognize that. I love Adidas. Um, he does, oh, my God. His, when, when his name comes up, like as they're introducing him, he does a switch nose grind on a ledge like, that's 30, 40 feet long. And then right after that, he does a fakie, different uh, different ledge. And the ledge that he does is, I'm going to say, is here in Sacramento. Because Paul Rodriguez did the same trick, the Smith to fakie. And then switch K-Grind, fakie half cap flip out. Patrick Zengroff does a fakie 5-0 on the, that same ledge. But then varial flips out. And he's skating Miles Silva's pro deck again. It's either going to be an, some old footage or he just got the boards, which could be possible because his first model you can still get. But it was really cool to see him skate Miles Silva's deck and do that technical trick on a ledge that I'm going to say maybe in the Sacramento area. Maybe. Maybe. Um, can't say cause I don't know and I've never been to it, but I've seen a good amount of people skate it that are from this area. I just don't know if it's here. I'm going to assume it is, but I don't know. Uh, so Alan did a really good job with encore again, always claps clap, you know, standing ovation for encore. Uh, one of my favorite ski videos of 2019 literally my favorite skate video their favorite skate video of 2019 um other than that call waiting was really dope day before my birthday which was 14th they released it on 14th and then Saturday was my birthday sucked that it was super hot and nobody was at the skate park besides the homies and my friend Andy that came up so I had to had most of the park to myself, which was kinda nice. Um did some stuff, wanted to do, do some more. Uh got a couple lines on the on the box down at the bottom at, at Mather. Did a nolly tail slide to Fakie, and then a Switch so I eighty on flat right after. Uh did another nolly tail slide but to goofy and then nolly big spin uh backside right after and then i got the switch k on the box and then did a fakie tray off i mean a fakie tray on flat after and the fakie tray was a little hard to get because i was skating brand new adidas 3 sts003s dot zero zero threes. and so i wasn't used to this the the shape of the shoe and like the newness you know they were just slippery i had no shoe goose i had no grip um but i still landed it toe touched whatever shout out to teddy pesto for uh filming me on that one he got me he got me on those lines um they're on my instagram if you guys see them it's got the orange shoes and uh they're orange they're orange shoes and i have a deadpool shirt on um other than that they also dropped so Tiago Lemos got a shoe and it is on New Balance um, it is epic because New Balance like most shoe brands they'll either have numbers or they'll have certain uh, signatures for like the technology that they're using in the sole or in the shape of the shoe or like the material of the shoe they'll have these numbers Uh, New Balance likes to number them uh, in threes, like three-digit numbers, but Tiago Lemos got a pop, got the four-digit number, which doesn't exist until now. So the Tiago Lemos shoe on New Balance, it's hot. It's literally hot. Released on the 17th, it is now sold out. That is, eight days later, the shoe is sold out. That's the kind of like support that he's got from the skateboarding community. And I would buy a pair, but they're a hundred dollars. And a uh, hundred dollars may not be a lot to some people, but I don't got a hundred dollars. Um, I really would like to try them, but I just don't. I mean, that's a lot, that's like half of my paycheck. <laughs> literally like a third of my paycheck so can't do it they have to be on sale or i'm gonna have to find them you know a year from now or something two years from now when they're less expensive um but it's in white with like a blue and like yellow coloring on it and then he's got an all black shoe and he was cool. And what I've, I've always known is that when pros get their shoes, like a first pro model, uh, they uh, some of them will send out their shoe to the homies, you know, to people that film them, or to somebody that they have, you know, a relationship with, that through skateboarding, or their, you know, team manager, or you know, people that were on other teams. Like they literally will get packages. Um, from pro skaters that turn pros and have a first shoe model, they'll get shoes sent to, sent to them. And uh, I saw it on Alan's uh, IG. Tiago sent him the white ones. So that's pretty cool because, I mean, besides them being teammates, you know, Alan films Tiago. He's on Primitive. Um, Alan also is just, like, really great with the filming and so he got a he got a pair, and I'm pretty sure other people that aren't on primitive that know Tiago probably got a pair. You know, if you're close to Tiago, he's most likely gonna send you a pair of shoes to say thank you. And so I always find that you know kind of like I really I, that, that's who you know is is doing it for skateboarding and not for the money. You know, Tiago Lemos is a skater through and through. I mean. You can just tell in the skateboarding that you know he really likes to just skateboard you know he wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't something that he likes to do or has a passion for it um you know and i can relate to that i mean I've, i feel the same way i still wouldn't be skateboarding right now if i didn't really like it or care about it or feel that it's my passion um you know other people share that passion and it's usually the people that you know are sponsored or that are in the industry um because not not a lot of people that don't skate for sponsorships have that same passion so I always find myself feeling like I fit in more with people that are sponsored because the the passion I feel is the same so um not to say that I don't gravitate or hang out with people that are not sponsored it's it's not this it's not about that it's just i end up always finding that i feel the same way when i hear you know people that are pros talk about skateboarding or what they've gone through it's like it's usually the story's almost the same you know and so i just i feel more connected and to to that than to somebody if they just skate and don't really care about it you know so the Tiago Lemos uh, shoe is everywhere, but it's sold out in, some, in most websites. Um, he dropped a video called Trust Tiago. And again, video was, was dope, was epic. Showed some of the skateboarding that he is really like comfortable doing. It. And a lot of it I'm going to say was in Brazil. If not, the whole thing was Brazil. Just because the ground and the structures and the ledges and the places, the background, the people, the signs, everything just didn't look like it was in the United States. I mean, the, the writing just looked, you know, Brazilian. It just didn't look like stuff from here. And I recognize most of the stuff from here because I'm used to seeing stuff from here. But then I'm also used to seeing stuff that it doesn't belong here or places that aren't in the United States. And I can tell the difference. So most of the video looks like it was in Brazil, which is really nice. You know, it makes it more authentic and it kind of lets you know, hey, Tiago, you know, he loves his country. He loves his people. And that's where he's coming from. You know, he's going to put his people first. He's going to see it from his side, but he's also wanting you to trust him that it's in his best that it's in our best interest. So trust Tiago. That's what the video was called. Trust Tiago. Um, dope, dope video part on Thrasher's YouTube. He starts it off with like a switch, front sight, like, shove it over this like bump to rail, and this bump to rail is like not small. It the the gap is kind of big and the rail's about waist high, you know. Tiago lame of standards. We'll say that. He also then nollie backside heel flips that same bump to rail And snaps a deck Because he lands so hard from being so high Over the rail that he snaps his nose And he sets up another deck And then he goes back and does it And when he does it The board, he lands it He lands on the board the exact same, I can tell he lands on the board the exact same way Because the nose almost snapped if you look at the video, he does a nollie backside heel flip. It's like the second trick in the trust Tiago like three four minute video that he put out. And if you look after he snaps the deck, he goes and does it, and it literally he literally landed the same exact way he just snapped his deck. And if you look, the nose almost just demolished. Only reason it didn't is because it was a new deck, or at least it looked new. You know, it just probably wasn't skated by him or had it been new deck, but it just almost just the nose almost <laughs> went flat again. I mean, uh, he just has so much pop. And then you watch him skate and you kind of figure, OK, this makes sense because Tiago's from Brazil. He's not from here. He's from Brazil. Everything over there is is shaped, uh, constructed different. The roads are different. The sidewalk is different the textures that they use for materials is different everything is different so he had to skate ledges that were waist high or knee high you know and that was kind of common or normal to him and so like that just develops your pop and your mentality to skate an object that high and it just becomes normal it becomes you make it in your head small so that you can get that big or that high. Because if, if you don't make it small, then you, you are going to see it high. And it is going to be harder to do your trick, I feel. Um, on something that is bigger than what you normally would skate or put enough, put as much effort into it. Because when it's something bigger, the effort is a lot more. And so you skate the object different. You just, you're you know, it's slower movement because you're having a pop so high you're not on the ledge or on the rail so fast because it's now not that low now it's a little bit higher so it does change how you see it but if you change it in your head then the object becomes smaller and so then you are bigger than it and so then it becomes smaller to you even though it's bigger and that's why people are always like whoa man you just did that on that because in their mind that was unattainable it was too big in their head they didn't make it small enough for themselves to see the possibility of being or doing the trick on it and that's what I always liked about skateboarding it's always in your head it's always in in your head it's in your head it's in your head it's in your head Um, like soccer it's in your head basketball it's in your head any sport you do is in your head everything you kind of do is in your head and so skateboarding uh, uh, has taught me to break down walls and barriers Um, so that's how I problem solve is I problem solve like a skater slash mechanic (laughs) slash comic nerd slash Mexican slash first generation You know, slash looking (laughs) like a white boy, but not a white boy, you know? So, skateboarding um, has been good to me. I've been skating for almost 20 years. And uh, if I wanted to stop, I would have stopped a long time ago. But something's just... You can't till the end.